the book of Matthew, chapter 12 we're in. Lord, we are so grateful that you've clearly, in your word, you've spoken to us the purpose and meaning for life, right? Um, so we praise you for this, Lord. And uh, we don't have to be confused who we are or what we're supposed to be doing with our life. You've clearly laid it out for us. And we're so grateful, Lord, for your saints that have gone before us, the historical church, the reality that is your people that have come before us and laid this awesome foundation for us, Lord. May we embrace it. And may you use it, Lord, to glorify you and to strengthen us, your church. And now, Lord, we thank you uh, for our time in the book of Matthew. Uh, thank you for calling Matthew and walking with him. Uh, thank you for filling him with your spirit that he would write down your words and that we hold them in our hands and that we can hear them with our ears. Lord, open our hearts to receive them. We pray and we thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. So, Matthew chapter 12. Today we're looking at verses 38 through 42. Matthew chapter 12, verse 38. Then certain of the scribes and of the Pharisees answered, saying, Master, we would see a sign from thee. But he answered and said unto them, An evil and adulterous generation seeketh after a sign, and there shall no sign be given to it but the sign of the prophet Jonah. For as Jonah was three days and three nights in the whale's belly, so shall the Son of Man be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. The men of Nineveh shall rise in judgment with this generation and shall condemn it because they repented at the preaching of Jonah and behold, a greater than Jonah is here. The queen of the south shall rise up in the judgment with this generation and shall condemn it for she came from the uttermost parts of the earth to hear the wisdom of Solomon and behold, a greater then Solomon is here. There is no greater sign and wonder from God than Jesus himself. If Jesus is standing right here in front of us, staring us in the face, knocking on the door, and yet we desire signs and wonders from God, then we're missing the whole point. We're missing God entirely. Jesus himself is the sign and wonder. The prize, the glory is housed in a human body. Jesus, God himself. So Matthew chapter 12, verse 38. Then certain of the scribes and of the Pharisees answered, saying, Master, we would see a sign from thee. Okay, so the religious leaders, they wanted Jesus to show them a sign, proof that he spoke from God. 
They had heard him say that he was the temple of God, that he fulfilled the law of God, that he himself was God's Sabbath day rest. They had seen him heal people, cast out demons, and forgive sins, and yet they want more signs, more proof. In last week's passage, they were saying that Jesus did all of his work by Satan. And so what they were really saying was Jesus was evil. Okay, now what they are saying, if you don't want us to speak bad about you, give us a sign that you are the Messiah, God's appointed son, the eternal king. So Jesus answers, verse 39, but he answered and said unto them, an evil and adulterous generation seeketh after a sign, and there shall be no sign be given to it, but the sign of the prophet Jonah. Okay, so God, Jesus says to the religious leaders, God doesn't deliver signs to you on your command. I want to share a quote with you. It is not a good sign when people seek signs. Excessively sensual people love sensations. Reasonable people find Jesus sufficient. The more erratic and erotic persons are, the more they are taken in by the senses, the remarkable, the impressive, and the less susceptible they are to the quiet, solid marks by which divinity prefers to be documented. Right? We have it here, Jesus, his word, himself. So here's our problem, right? Jesus, God, is not good enough for us. We want him to keep proving himself over and over again. And this will never be enough for us. We stay stuck on ourselves, right? In our sins, worshiping ourselves and our need for signs and wonders. Instead of turning to God and worshiping the Son that is clearly revealed to us. Right? Who God is continually exalting. Right? This is what the word is. It just continually exalts Jesus in front of us. In Jesus, God has already given us all of his signs, delivered to us all of his proofs. Okay? So something has to be wrong when we continue to request additional signs and proofs. Because Jesus is sufficient for it all. All power and authority is his. In him, the fullness of God, glory dwells, right? Why are we still searching? Because we are more driven by our senses than by faith in God. So Jesus offers to the unbelievers a sign, the sign of Jonah, verse 40. For as Jonah was three days and three nights in the whale's belly, so shall the Son of Man be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. Okay, so again, God is saying Jesus himself is the sign, right? Jesus, his life is proof, is God's proof to us. The fact that God himself walked on the earth and preached to us that the kingdom of heaven has arrived 
So turn from your sins, turn from ourselves and our false gods, and turn instead to the crucified and risen after three days, Jesus, right? Follow him. Jesus is God's authorized sign, delivered once and for all. Let me share another quote with you. In conversation with outsiders, the death and resurrection of Jesus is to be Christians' single piece of documentation. Their one claim of evidence. Their one sensation. They are not to seek other signs from heaven or other arguments from earth or other proofs from science or apologetics. Even visions, miracles, and other spiritual sensations are, after the resurrection of the crucified one, equivocal, dangerous, and inconclusive. The life, preaching, teaching, death, and resurrection of Jesus, right? Jesus is God's once-for-all and perpetual sensation. God will do one impressive thing in the world, not to please the sensationalists, but to show human beings his approval of his son. He will raise the exalted Jesus from the dead. This is the sign. So why do we desire more? God tells us himself that Jesus, the gospel, is the very power of God. So why do we continue to look for other things in other people? Why do we continue to preach something else, right? This is what we do. We preach something other than the crucified and resurrected to life Jesus. What are we talking about with other people? This is what we're preaching, right? We saw it back in verse 34. Jesus says, out of the abundance of our hearts, our mouths speak, right? This is what we're preaching, what we're telling people. What more proof from God do we Sinners need, right? God himself came to pay the penalty for our rebellion and was raised from the dead. He now rules from above with all power and authority. There's no greater sign, wonder, proof, testimony of God than this. What else is in our hearts? There is nothing greater than this to share with other people. Jesus revealed to us by his own words from his God's word, right? Not signs in history, but his story. Not anything else that is going on in history, but Jesus' story. This alone is to be our Christian agenda. And Jesus' story, right? His leading of us Christians is one that includes feeding the hungry, right? And putting clothes on people who are cold and taking care of orphans and with widows, right? But his death and resurrection, the gospel, has to be the focus of it all because this is the exclusive power of God that leads people to himself, life, abundant and everlasting, okay? So Jesus is the sign of God. Our last two verses for today. Verses 41 and 42. 
The men of Nineveh shall rise in the judgment with this generation and shall condemn it because they repented at the preaching of Jonah. And behold, a greater than Jonah is here. The queen of the south shall rise up in the judgment with this generation and shall condemn it, for she came from the uttermost parts of the earth to hear the wisdom of Solomon. And behold, a greater than Solomon is here. Can you ever tell us who this queen is and where exactly from the south she came from? Yep, she's from, it's found in 1 Kings, the book of 1 Kings. I think she was from Ethiopia, if I remember correctly. But it's 1 Kings chapter 10. Sheba. Huh? Queen of Sheba, right? Yeah, that sounds right, Arnold, if I remember right. Yep. But yeah, 1 Kings chapter 10 she's found in. Okay, so we'll start with the story of Jonah, verse 41. Uh, Jonah preached to the people of Nineveh to repent of their sins and turn to God, and they did. This is found in the book of Jonah, chapter 3. The, the people of Nineveh were converted sinners to Jesus, okay? But the people of this generation, okay, as the Matthew passage says, Though they are being exposed to Jesus, a greater than Jonah is here, they are remaining unchanged, okay, unlike the people of Nineveh. So this is very convicting, and at the same time, it's such a blessing from God. If we are remaining unchanged, it is because we are looking to something or someone other than Jesus. Okay, and likewise, the Queen of the South verse 42, uh, will testify on Judgment Day because she traveled a long distance to listen to King Solomon's wisdom, like I said, 1 Kings chapter 10, when all the time we have someone far greater than Solomon right here with us and we do not listen to him seriously. Okay, Solomon is wise, right? But Jesus is wisdom itself. The word uh, to hear in this passage, uh, meaning to listen to, um, right? It says, she came from the uttermost parts of the earth to hear the wisdom of Solomon. Okay, so to hear in this verse is synonymous with repentance. Okay, the way to repent is by deciding to listen to and obey the words of Jesus. All right, that's just such a clear understanding of repentance, right? Listen to and obey the words of Jesus. Behold, a greater than Solomon is here, right? Listen to him. Share with you one more quote. These pagans, complete outsiders, the Assyrian Ninevites and the Ethiopian queen will be invited to the platform of Judgment Day and many Christians will be ashamed by these outside prosecutors because these outsiders gave greater attention to Jonah and Solomon than we insiders give to Jesus. So the greatest right, of all greats, right, is here in front of us. 
Jesus is the sign and wonder from God. The full revelation of God himself has come to us. Why are we still seeking more? Why are we living and preaching other things, right, than Jesus? Jesus himself in, in Matthew chapter 12, right, has claimed, right, to be the temple of God. More than the law, more than the prophets or any king, right? He is more than anything in all of scripture. Jesus alone is God's final prophet, his final king, his final priest. He deserves our full attention, right, and seriousness. Our lives are to be a living faith, ones that are spent repenting and listening to Jesus. Here are the signs and the wonders, the proofs of God that he wants us to pay attention to. The life, the preaching, the teaching, and the acts of Jesus, and his death and resurrection. He himself is the power and glory of God. Jesus himself says in the book of John, chapter 5, verse 39, we spend all of this time searching the scriptures when all the scriptures are about him. Jesus himself, his life, his death, his resurrection is the sign from God, the proof that God is real. God has come to us sinners in a human body to pay the penalty for our sins, to die on the cross, to forgive us. He rose from the dead, an acceptable sacrifice, conquering sin and death. Now he is reigning from above with all power and authority. All for our good and his glory. There's no other sign that we need. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for this one true and great ultimate sign that is your Son.